Come home to the best television network for news, sports, and entertainment. Come home to the best, only on NBC. All right, everybody, we are back here with another edition of It Was a Thing on TV Presents, exclusively here on the It Was a Thing on TV Podbean feed. Myself and Chica are back here once again, and we are giving our slightly overdue opinions on Loki, which wrapped up, when was it, about two, three weeks ago on Disney Plus? Two and a half weeks ago, because remember, they dropped new episodes on Wednesdays now instead of Fridays. Yeah, yeah. So it's be much like better. Two, I have absolutely no problem with this. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable to have all these episodes on Wednesday because they've been releasing that along with um, Monsters at Work and The Bad Batch on Wednesdays. Yes. I literally just started on The Bad Batch. so Okay. I've watched the first two episodes. I got to finish because I've been busy with my other stuff. But now that it's over now, I can start watching. But I have watched a little bit of Monsters at Work, and I'm loving it. Oh, nice. You're absolutely going to love the first couple of episodes of it. it. It actually picks up exactly where Monsters, Inc. left off. Oh, nice. Literally where Monsters, Inc. left off. All right. So, but we're not here to talk about Monsters at Work. We're not here to talk about the Bad Batch. Maybe we'll talk about the Bad Batch eventually one day, but not <laughs> yeah, today. Well, well, we got to talk about it because you know who voices all of the clones in the Bad Batch? Oh, wait. Is it um the guy who does Olmec? The guy who does Olmec, yes. Oh, my God, yes. D. Bradley Baker. D. Bradley Baker, yes. Okay, well, let's get here to where we were going to be talking about Loki. Now, we begin exactly where we left off from Avengers Endgame. Because when we last saw Loki, he took the Tesseract because Hulk didn't like the stairs. Yeah. And he pretty much... Created a new timeline because of that. But it wasn't for long because guess who found them? Who found him, Chico? The Time Variance Authority. The TVA. Yes. A snappy name, I must say. The TVA. I like that. It has a snap to it. (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, he's brought to the TVA and he's pretty much given the choice of work for the TVA to preserve the sacred timeline or be eradicated from existence. Yeah, because he sees one of the people who's in that room and he's like, oh, I'm not going to follow the rules. And then he gets plotted with that stick and he's like, oh, crap, I better do what they say. Yeah. Eventually, he gets the hint. Yeah. He doesn't like... It's like, it was a classic case of, I'll do this job, but I'm going to cuss all the way through it. So, along the way, in the first episode, he meets Mobius, played by Owen Wilson. Uh, Mobius is a TVA agent who specializes in particularly dangerous time criminals. So you could say that he and Loki are a match made in heaven. And he knows all about Loki. Oh, yeah. Of course, he has to because, well, dangerous time criminals. Loki, he's about as dangerous as they come. Yeah. And also he sees the, um, what was it? The, the file of his life in that film footage. 
because he goes ahead and looks to what his self in the sacred timeline did. So he sees all the stuff from after Avengers, from Thor the Dark World to Ragnarok to when he meets his end in Infinity War with Thanos. Because thanks to the events in Endgame, he doesn't experience those events full on. Yeah, he just finds out about it. Yeah. So Loki's like, I gotta do this job, and I gotta do whatever they say, and help out the TVA. Just do whatever they say, and you continue to live whatever life you are living right now. Oh, and also, doesn't he try to steal the Tesseract again? Yeah, that doesn't work twice. Yeah, because it, as it turns out, it's very common for all the Infinity Stones to come into the TVA. Because yeah. there's a whole, like, he talks to the guy who's at the um, at the desk. And he wants to steal the Tesseract. He's like, oh, yeah, you can take it. It's with those other things. And as it turns out, oh, yeah, they get these Infinity Stones all the time. Oh, yeah. Just one of those... Well, where's the fun in that? And also, they do absolutely nothing in the TVA. No, they just sit at desks, looking at the timeline. Take a sip of your coffee, look at the timeline. Check your email, look at the timeline. See a splinter. Oh, crap. Because that's basically what the job is at the TVA. To protect the timeline against splintering. And spoiler alert, this doesn't go well. So Loki is given a job, and that is to find this person who's giving the TVA hell. And as it turns out... Wait for it. The person that they're trying to find at the TVA... Wait is, for it. ...is a variant of himself. There but, we go. But, but not only that, it's a woman. Yep. It's a female version of Loki. Yep. Not, e- not exactly Loki, because as we all know, Loki is adopted. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is someone else in another timeline that Thor's dad adopted that became per- Loki? Perhaps. All we know is that her name, well, the name she chooses for herself is Sylvie, and she's played by Sophia DiMartino. This is what probably, like, I never saw her in anything prior to this, so... Yeah, she actually makes her MCU premiere in the show, but she's kind of based on two different characters. She's based on Lady Loki and Sylvie Lushton from the comics. Okay, so they kind of combine the two characters into one for the show. Yeah. All right. And she's given the power to possess bodies. Yeah. So they try to find her in, what is it? Um, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. In Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Because there's this whole thing where, like, doesn't she hide, like, in events where, like, no one survives? Yeah. Um, An an example of this would be hiding in uh, 79 AD in Pompeii. Oh, yeah. There's this really funny bit with uh, Loki and Mobius. <laughs> it's like Loki's trying to be like, oh, nothing's going to happen here. None of you are going to survive. Oh, Loki! Loki! Go! Yeah! 
Ad vos omnes. Vos omnes. Morituri estis. Iste mons. Ignes. Pastos per saecola in vos est. Euomiturus. Stio haec esse vera. Quod ego de futuris ad veni. We are from the future, right? What is the TVA? I mean, it's from the future. It sounds from the future. It's pretty futury. her they actually find her during a hurricane in alabama oh the what a shocker my, doing the math of my head 29 years from now oh okay and it turns out yeah she likes to uh possess bodies and she demonstrates this by possessing agent hunter b15 and she also reveals that her grand and glorious plan is to overthrow the timekeepers. Obviously, she's going to need a little help. That's where Loki Prime, I guess, comes in. Yes. We can use that, we can use that name, Loki Prime. I guess so. So now that the TVA is distracted, the variant, Sylvie, is looking for the rest of the timekeepers. Loki follows, and they're attacked by Renslayer, who, by the way, is the judge that pretty much gave Loki the option work for the TVA or be erased from all existence. By the way, Red Slayer, played by Gugu Mbatha-Raw, a.k.a. Martha Jones's sister in Doctor Who. Oh, I did not know that. You didn't know that? It's been a long time since I watched Series 3 of Doctor Who. Well, there you go. In my house, we stand Gugu and Mothara, just saying. So, Loki uses a tempad to teleport himself, and I guess himself, to 2077 Lamentus 1, which is a moon being crushed by a planet. They run out of power, so Sylvie agrees to find a way to charge it. Except for one thing. What? It's broken. Oh, no. So, they have to find a way to escape before Lamentus 1 is destroyed. It is then that Sylvie reveals that the TVA's workers are actually variants of people from Earth. And Loki and Sylvie have to fight their way through guards at a crowd of people attempting to board the Ark to get off of Lamentus before the planet can be destroyed. And bad news, when they try to, try to get on the ship, it explodes. Whoops. Oops! Hey, Susan St. James, what do you have to say about that? Uh-oh. 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 That's more like an oh no. And along the way to their imminent destruction, Loki and Sylvie find time to fall in love. Isn't that nice? What? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing psychological about that at all. No, there isn't. Now, their relationship pretty much creates a bit of a splinter 
So apparently, you're not allowed to fall in love with yourself, which makes sense if you think about it. You're not allowed to fall in love with yourself. So the TVA has to find and arrest them while Mobius leaves Loki in a time loop. Oh yeah, and- where he gets attacked by <laughs> Lady Sif. Uh-huh. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> Seriously? You! Sif! You conniving, craven, pathetic worm! You did this! What? I hope you know you deserve to be alone and you always will be. All right. A bad memory prison? How quaint. Some punishment. I remember exactly what I did after that. I went and had a nice hot bath and a glass of wine. And I never thought about it again. Because it was just a bit of fun. You! You conniving, craven, pathetic worm. You did this! Hang on. I hope you know you deserve to be alone and you always will be. Time loops. How lovely. And Sylvie has to unlock B-15's memories to prove she is a variant. Red Slayer ultimately finds Loki and Sylvie, takes them to the Timekeepers, and orders Loki and Sylvie to be erased from all existence. See, if you just did your job, you wouldn't be facing this. But in perhaps the most face-heel turn of the series, Loki and Sylvie defeat Renslayer and the guards while Sylvie beheads one of the timekeepers. Oh yeah, and we find out the timekeepers are fake! It's a fake! Yep. They're androids. So it's like, who created the TVA? Huh? I guess that's what we have to find out now, don't we? Yes. But not before Renslayer erases Loki from all existence. Oh, yeah. Erase, quote-unquote. Yeah. But he's not really erased, though, is he? No. Because we find out in the mid-credits scene in episode four, is he dead? And then someone says, you will be, unless you come with us. And then we get... (laughs) Then we get... Oh my god, this is so amazing! We get old Loki, which is basically Loki, dressed up in the Loki suit from the comics. That's called classic Loki. Classic Loki. And then we get a black Loki. The boastful Loki. Boastful Loki. And then we get kid Loki. Which is the kid Loki. And then we get... Now, this is the point of contention that Greg and I were having before the show. We get Gator Loki, but is it an alligator or a crocodile? Yeah, you know what? We should put this to a poll on our Twitter at It Was A Thing On TV. Gator Loki. Alligator Loki or crocodile Loki? I contend it's a crocodile. 
I contend it's an alligator because that's what the official literature calls it. Hmm. Well, remember, Xavier Renegade Angel said that those bloodhounds were bloodhounds, but in reality, they were actually basset hounds, so... Okay, but they're not the only Lokis that Loki runs into. The band of Lokis who wake Loki up, the Boastful, the Gator, Kid Loki, and Classic Loki, those are basically the uh, ones that are going to help him out. But we also have President Loki. Oh my god. Glabshades Loki. Glabshades Loki. <laughs> Pokey Loki. Pokey Loki. Prison Loki. <laughs> I'm Prison Mike. You know why they call me Prison Mike? Do you really expect us to believe you're somebody else? Do you really expect me to not push you up against the wall, biatch? Oh, okay. wow. yes. All right, hey, 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 hey. That's just the way we talk in the clink. And Bicycle Loki. What? Bicycle Loki? And what then the there's hell? a series of unnamed Lokis. Including one that looks like a frost giant. <laughs> one that's wearing the yellow jersey of the Tour de France. So <laughs> and one who looks like he's had one too many shots of gamma radiation. <laughs> and then there's a goat. A goat! And a Viking. Oh my god, this gets so absurd. Oh, we've yet to hit absurd. Because remember, Sylvie thinks that Loki was pruned. Turns out he was just sent to the void from which nothing ever returned. Sylvie deduces that the TVA's true creator is hiding beyond the void. Now, it is at this point where we have a heretofore just minor character trying to stall for time. <laughs> stall for time. Miss Minutes is trying to stall for time. By oh yeah, way, we need to explain who Miss Minutes is. Yes. Who's Miss Minutes? She's the southern draw mascot of the TVA who basically explains all of the rules and the penalties for not following the rules. And we're not going to learn this until later, but Miss Minutes has a special relationship with the creator with the TVA. And not to put too fine of a point on it, Miss Minutes is played by perhaps one of the greatest voice actresses in the world Tara Strong oh we forgot to mention about okay we forgot to talk about Mobius and what happened to him in episode 4 Mobius frees Loki from the time loop of his attack with Seth but Renslayer has Mobius killed yes yes because He's angry about everything that's happened with the TVA. And he's not happy that he was a, he's apparently a variant. And he wants to... Oh, yeah. Because remember, Mobius has this obsession with jet skis. He wants to ride a jet ski. I want and, to ride a jet ski! He's like, maybe in another life, I rode a jet ski. And then he's like, all right, you're getting pruned! Brrr. I like that the prune sticks kind of remind me of the, uh, remember when the Mountie in the WWF had that cattle prod 
That would shock you. As a matter of fact, I do, actually. It would make that noise like, me, me, me. Jimmy Hart just nailed him with war. Oh, my God. Oh, oh no. unbelievable. Look at that. That shock stick. The water has unquestionably intensified the effect of the shock stick. I remember his Hasbro figurehead that it was awesome. So we're not here to talk about Shock Crew show though. We have to talk about the rest of how Loki went down. Loki is in like the little cave thing with Kid Loki, classic Loki. The, the, the void inside the void, yeah. Yes. And so President Loki and all his guys come in. Well, not before TVA troopers finds Sylvie, who kills herself and sends herself to the Void, where she meets Mobius. And now it's a race to reach the true creator of the TVA, a person that only goes by the name He Who Remains. So, Mobius takes Loki and Sylvie in a pizza truck. That's right. This is how absurd it is. There's a pizza truck in the Void. Why is there a pizza truck there? I don't know. They go there, they, along with the help of classic Loki, they stop the, um, what was it, the big smoke monster thing? Yeah, it was a big smoke monster. Uh, the Alioth, I guess it was. Alioth, okay. So, Sylvia enchants uh, it. They kill the monster, and now they're in this place, this mansion, I guess. Yeah, this, this sort of mansion that looks like the end of the Doctor Who movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it does look like that mansion. It does. And so does the end of the Doctor Who movie. And who do they find in that mansion? But he who remains. By the way, the mansion is called the Citadel at the End of Time. And who is he played by? He is played by Jonathan Majors, who rose to prominence after starring in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Nowadays, you can see him on the One and Done's HBO series, Lovecraft Country. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said Jonathan Majors. I said Jonathan Majors. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't he supposed to be somebody else? (laughs) That's the joke. By the way, did we mention that he's also the voices of the timekeepers? Oh, yeah. He basically pulls a Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So there you go. And now, he who remains, by the way, he knows everything about the TVA. He knows that all of the TVA agents are variants, and that Renslayer herself is a variant, who is a school vice principal. Oh, yeah. And the only what's weird is they show the whole thing, like, title card of when uh, she's her prime self is in 2018. I thought, now, here's the thing. When it said 2018 on the card, uh-huh. I thought they were, it was going to be, like, a flash or something relating to the snap or the blip or whatever. Right. Because in 2018 is when the events of Infinity War take place. Turns out... It's a whole lot worse. Oh. Or at least a little more exciting. 
He created the TVA to stop an interdimensional war. Oh, yeah, because they do talk about that in the first episode. Yeah. How the TVA was created to prevent a multiversal war. Uh-huh. And because he's tired of running it, he gives Loki and Sylvie a choice. Basically, the same choice they got in episode one. You can replace me, oversee the TVA, or kill me and risk multiversal war. Loki wants to run the TVA. I don't know, I guess he likes power a lot. Sylvie wants to kill the bitch. Because she hates that he took her life away. Yep. Ultimately, Loki and Sylvie finally kiss before Sylvie kicks him out of the Citadel and back to the TVA. And then she kills He Who Remains. And then he creepily says, See you soon! And what should happen but a multiverse within a multiverse within a multiverse. Way too many multiverses for the TVA to handle all at once. So, okay. So we see Loki back at the TVA. But it's not... I'm guessing this is not the same TVA. No, it it isn't the same TVA, and I can tell you two things. One, Mobius and B-15 have no idea who Loki is. And two, one of the variants replaced statues of the Timekeepers. So he is back at the TVA, but he's not back at his TVA. Yes, and Mobius is, like, so curious. He's like, wow, wow, you... Oh my god, I know this is wild. Wow. Being all Owen Wilson in Hooli, or whatever the word is. You know what? That's a perfectly cromulent explanation. Yes. He was like so fascinated by this. Like, like, oh my goodness, you know everything, and we don't even know who you are. And then Loki's like, wait, what? Huh? So then he looks up and sees the statue is not the statue of the timekeepers. It's of... It's a variant. Of he who remains. Yep. Now, remember where I said that's the joke? Because he who remains is a variant of Kang the Conqueror, who Jonathan Majors is playing in Ant-Man the Wasp Chronomania. Yep, that's right. All of that is correct. And remember, Kang the Conqueror is one of the big villains in Fantastic Four. So, that is the first hint in the MCU of the Fantastic Four. Hey, maybe they'll be able to make a decent version of that movie. Well, considering John Watts is, is the director of that movie, and Kevin Feige is all in on this, I'm not worried about how that's going to turn out. Yeah, I mean, okay, so the first Fantastic Four movie, which came out in, what, 2004, 2005? No, 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 the first Fantastic Four movie is the Corman version. Oh, that one! Okay, okay. The, the first Fantastic Four movie that was actually meant to be released. Yes. Came out in 2004, 2005. That was actually pretty decent. And then they uh, made, then in the sequel they made Galactus a smoke monster. Yep, and they shoehorned the Silver Surfer into it. Why? 
I don't. Well, I know I know Silver Surfer's a Fantastic Four character, but as a kid, when I when the movie came out, I was like confused. I'm like, what is? I had to have someone explain to me. Oh yeah, the Silver Surfer is originally a Fantastic Four character. I'm like, I didn't know that because I just remember the Silver <laughs> Surfer for like his comic and his NES game. Yep, and his short-lived Fox Kids series. Oh yeah, who could ever forget the time the Silver Surfer met Hank Hill? Mr. Surfer, have you ever considered propane as an alternative energy source for that board of yours? With a little retooling, I could get it to work. Tell you what I'm going to do. Being that you're my neighbor and I like you, I'm going to give you the new neighbor discount and a free t-shirt. So what do you say? Take a ride on the Cosmic Tide on an all-new Silver Surfer next as Fox Kids Heads for the Hills continues. Just think, with repeat business like that, I could eventually be supplying propane galaxy-wide. Yeah, that happened. That happened? That happened. Unbelievable. Unbe freaking leaveable. Now, in the mid-credit sequence, they do say Loki will return in season two. Because remember, this was originally going to be filmed back to back. Uh-huh. Until COVID happened. Yeah. So they filmed season one. They're going to film season two, I guess, later this year. If they haven't already started in uh, production on it. Okay. But they've already confirmed the director, Kate Heron's not coming back for uh, season two as the showrunner. Which is really sad because I, I could see where she put her own distinctive little spin on things and turns every episode into a puzzle. And then once you put it all together, it, it just totally makes sense, right? Yes. I gotta say, this was the most satisfying of the three series so far. I see where there's room in my brain to understand all three series. Like, WandaVision is a bit of a nod to all things classic television. Falcon and the Winter Soldier basically speaks to um, the sort of social climate of the current day. And Loki just sets the stage for everything that's to come in the next year or so. Yes, because as we said in our last episode of Presents about how disappointed we were regarding the WandaVision finale, what made us disappointed was they teased the heck out of saying, okay, guys, WandaVision, this is going to lead to the next Spider-Man movie. This is going to lead to the new Doctor Strange movie. And I'm like, when you watch the whole thing, you're like, what? This didn't set up crap. Except for one end credit scene, it didn't set up anything for those two. Nope. But here in Loki, you get a reasonable explanation to tease what's to come further down the line in Phase 4. And you get that possibility of maybe everything that's going to happen in Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be a cause of the end of Loki. And then there's also, uh, of course, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So I don't now. I don't know if it's the same sort of multiverse that Loki kind of sort of caused, but in Multiverse of Madness is it multiverse in the sense of multiverse in the quote unquote sacred timeline, or is it multiverse of Madness in the branching timelines that? 
go all the way around and cause different things. Yeah. Just something to think about while you're watching, I guess. But uh, let's see. We're recording this on August 1st. And when is What If going to come out? August 12th, I believe it is. August 12th. So, And the next live action show, I believe, is going to be Hawkeye. Yeah, so that's actually going to be coming out in November. Oh, wow. Wow, that late, huh? Yep. Okay. And Mar- We've already started getting sort of... Uh sort of uh, little blips of info about the series. Yeah. They've released some promo. I think Entertainment Weekly showed some promo images of Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld. So that's on the way. And if you listen to a previous episode of the regular show, you'll know we talked about something that leads to something in Hawkeye. I'll give you a hint. Go see Black Widow. And stay to the end. Or if you're watching it on Disney Plus Premier Access, which, sorry, Scarlett Johansson, if you're watching that on Disney Plus Premier Access. I see go, what you did there, Greg. Go and make a pizza for like five or six minutes and then come back and then watch the end credits scene. Can you imagine if someone did that? Like, well, the credits are rolling. I might as well make a pizza. Oh. Oh my god, what a time to be alive. (laughs) Oh, what an age to be in. Yeah, because the uh, second Black Widow, Yelena, she works for Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Oh, you just ruined it! Sorry! But, but, but see it... That's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. But see it anyway. This is so fun. Yeah. Especially for David Harbour. Oh, boy. David Harbour is going full-on dad mode here. Oh, he is pure dad mode. In this. He's got his dad bod. He's proud of his action figure. He's making jokes about Natasha and Yelena on their period. Oh, it's so fantastic. He stole every scene in that movie. Oh, yeah. I hope we see more of Red Guardian, because, oh, he was fantastic. Okay, so now the big question, Chico. How many swims are we going to give Loki? I give Loki five swims, and then another five swims from another Ryan Lochte variant, and then another five swims from another Ryan Lochte variant. Could you imagine all the Ryan Lochte variants? There's almost too many of them. We'll all be saying Gia soon. I give Loki 85 swims. You know why? Why? Hold on. It's five swims times 17. That's why I gave it 85 swims. Yeah. Yep, the math checks out there. Why did I choose times 17 I don't know because because it was Keith Hernandez's number with the Mets I don't know I thought she was like well I don't know are there 17 known variants I don't know all right so that does it for this first half of the episode so we're gonna play some classic commercials and we'll talk about some random stuff as we usually do in the second part right after this I 
Gloria Steinem, our girl in the Playboy Club. She went undercover. I'm your bunny Marie. Uncovered every man's fantasy. Show me some cleavage, huh? And caused a sexual revolution of her own. I don't like you this way! A bunny's tale. Catch it next Monday. Thursday on 2020, the world of professional wrestling, what really goes on inside the ring. John Stossel looks into allegations of fakery and crooked promoters and finds out about their special brand of violence. You're here to try to make a fool out of me like everybody else. Watch 2020 Thursday. NBC Sunday Night at the Movies returns following these messages. Hey, are you the lady with that partner named Remington? Looks like a whip to me. Oh, no, he's a man of steel. Well, we'll see. Now that you're moved to Tuesday nights. From now on, Remington Steel will be following the A-Team every Tuesday. Man of steel, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is NBC News Capsule, sponsored by Lipton Cup of Soup. Here is Edwin Newman. Good evening. A small private plane flying from Painesville, Ohio to Greensboro, North Carolina crashed today while approaching the airport in Roanoke, Virginia. The five people aboard were killed. The International Olympic Committee has ruled that athletes who are paid for competing may take part in the Olympic Games. That is, if the money goes through the athletes' national sports federations and is put into trust funds for them. More in a moment. You thought Lipton Cup of Soup just made, made soup? Try this great dip. Spring vegetable cup of soup and sour cream. And you thought cup of soup just made soup. After going down for seven months, the price of gasoline is likely to start rising again. So says oil industry expert Dan Lundberg. Also, federal gasoline taxes will be going up a nickel a gallon starting April 1st. I'm Edwin Newman in New York. Two hundred Camaros plus other Chevy favorites go on sale to beat the 11.9 deadline. Your big five Jacksonville Chevrolet dealers, Nimnix, Jack Lynch, Conrad Hawkins, Jerry Ham, Regent, come together for the biggest one-location sale of the year. Tomorrow, 8 a.m. sharp, next to the Gator Bowl. Beat the 11.9 deadline. Save hundreds on the Chevy of your choice. Tomorrow at 8 and for three great days. Your Jacksonville big five Chevy dealers taking charge and giving you the change. Tomorrow, be there. Saturday. Partners in a bind for cash plan the insurance scam of a lifetime. You're dying tomorrow. The love boat. And when an old love crashes Carrie's Air Force reunion. I forgot how much I miss you, gentlemen. The finder of lost loves gets caught in the crossfire. Saturday. Good morning, class. Cocology. The study of... Good taste. In fact, the taste that stands the test. Yes! The test where New Coke takes on Pepsi, i.e. That's as in... The new Coke pop quiz. Cokeologist, all others pay attention. When Coke did take on Pepsi in nationwide tests, more people chose Coke over Pepsi. Prove it to yourself. You'll see why more people are choosing the taste of Coke. Catch the wave, Coke. Welcome back from commercials, everybody. Hope you enjoyed those old style commercials. I always enjoy old style commercials. Hey. During the break, I was watching on FX, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, and I found something that I did not notice before while watching the movie. Now I have to find it. Okay. Now I'll just describe it. Now it's the scene where Kevin Hart's character gets the piece of cake, and it turns out to kill him <laughs> because 
his weakness is cake. Yep. And the guy who gives him the piece of cake is Bill the Serial Killer from future installment Too Many Cooks. Oh, it makes so much sense that Bill the Serial Killer would give Kevin Hart a piece of cake, which is his weakness. Oh. And then he's like, oh, I guess my weakness is I can't resist cake. And then he blows up. Boom! Boom! <clears throat> Boom! Oh. oh, God. Don't ever just build a serial killer with cake. That's all I got to say. But as we're speaking right now, we are in the last... Well, by the time this episode comes out, we will have just released our last episode of our Olympics-themed series of shows. Yeah, the Dan and Dave show that we were uh, talking about. Those were some good five episodes. Those were really solid episodes. I wish I had more time to find more uh, material for those episodes, but you know what? For 50 minutes of pop, not bad. And Man versus Beast, my God. I gotta say, that's gotta be <laughs> among our top 10 episodes ever. I'd have to say so, too. I mean, surely for the whole spectacle of it, because remember when it came out, it was just this gigantic spectacle. And then going back and watching it, it's now even more of a spectacle. Because at this point, you're like, by now you know, this is Fox. They're known for uh, taking a chance on crap. And it's so ridiculous. Like, didn't they? Like, they totally, when we were watching this show, you could tell they were making up this crap with the rules as they went along with the Uh episode. Like, the competition with the guy climbing the tree against the chimp. It was so ridiculous. It was like, I thought, didn't they say, like, they had to climb twice, or did did the man have to climb twice and the chimp had to only climb once? Uh, he had to climb twice. And the chimp only had to climb once. Which, if you ask me, is it, like... It's really? crap. Really? You're just making this up as you go along. But the best part was the... My favorite part of the two episodes was the chimp in the obstacle course against the Navy SEAL who's proud of his nakedness. Yes. And he, this wasn't he, scripted. Hey, he ain't wearing a diaper for nobody. Look, we don't script this show, but when I paused it, that is my genuine laughter at how ridiculous that oh. was. Him being so proud. just And we posted on the Twitter... Him holding his arms up like he was Superman, like, yup, I'm naked. I lost this competition, but I'm naked. I'm naked and proud. Yeah. Like Tommy Pickles in that episode of Rugrats. Nikki's good. Nikki's good. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and, now, and now I'm seeing a commercial for uh, Alina Battle Angel, which I never saw in theaters. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey. There's this promo for Wipeout with the the oh, invisible well, character from. I want. I want. I actually wanted to get into that because as we record, as we're recording this, they're doing the Suicide Squad episode of Wipeout with John Cena in full in full character as, as Peacemaker. Peacemaker. That's right. Oh yeah, because it is airing right now. Yeah, yeah. They have John Cena in full Peacemaker outfit for this episode, and Nicole Byer. As like a sidekick. 
And it's so ridiculously amazing. And by the way, uh, let's see. Suicides. This, I'm sorry. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, world of difference there, Greg. World it's, of difference. Suicide Squad came out five years ago. But this is The Suicide Squad. It's like when they had the movie Alien. And then they came out with Aliens. Because the difference is they put an S at the end of the title. Or Final Destination. And then they came out with The Final Destination. The Final Destination. But the difference between Suicide Squad and The Suicide Squad is The Suicide Squad is directed by James Gunn. The guy that gave you Guardians of the Galaxy. I know this because I looked at the trailer. Yeah, and a bunch of trauma movies. But also, here's what I can't wait for, okay, in The Suicide Squad. Sylvester Stallone voicing a shark. Oh, yeah. That's what we're coming here for. Sly is voicing a shark. That might be his best work since uh, playing one of the Ravagers in Volume 2. I get it, because those were Pope James. Oh, wait, Creed 2 doesn't count? No, no, it doesn't. Okay, well. Oh, they they just showed in the preview the Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man's powers, because he uses Polka Dots. What? You don't remember Polka Dot Man? I do not remember Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man, I think, is one of the lesser-known Batman rogues gallery villains that's made fun of in the Lego Batman movie. Oh. Yeah, the po- All right, I'm reading this right now on Truth by Consensus Wikipedia. The Polka Dot Man, Abner Krill, is a fictional character and supervillain appearing in American comic books published by DC as a minor enemy of Batman belonging to the collective of adversaries that make up Batman's rogues gallery. The Polka Dot Man will make his cinematic debut in James Gunn's DC Extended Universe film, The Suicide Squad, in 2021. Okay, let me explain his origin. Shortly after Batman began appearing in Gotham City, his growing renown inspired an entire generation of costumed rogues who committed largely harmless crimes to attract his attention in the hopes of matching wits with the legendary vigilante. Among these was a local crook named Abner Krill, who decided, for reasons unknown, to launch a crime wave based on spots and dots in Gotham City, where he eventually came into contact with Batman and Robin as Mr. Polka Dot. He wore a costume covered in spots, which, being different sizes and colors, were not actual polka dots. Once removed from the costume, the spots could be used for a variety of purposes, such as creating deadly weapons and a bizarre escape vehicle. He succeeded in capturing Robin, but Batman defeated him. And then years later, he returned stability as Polka Dot Man. When he found himself unemployed, penniless, and desperate to pay his bills, and no longer able to afford his original electronically gimmicked costume. So he resorted to using a baseball bat in a poorly thought-out attempt to rob a jewelry store, which resulted in him assaulting Officer Foley at the Gotham City Police Department. He was then beaten badly by Detective Harvey Bullock, who was sick of costumed villains in the city. The assault put the Polka Dot Man in traction, and he filed a brutality suit against the police department, which resulted in Bullock being forced to see a psychiatrist. Oh. But then Polka Dot Man became an alcoholic. Oh, no! (sighs) 
That's not good. Yeah, who spent more time in a drunken stupor than pursuing Batman. You want to know what really stinks? What? He's dead. Oh, no! He's dead in the comics? In the comics? He's dead. Oh, he dead. He dead. Oh. Oh, His head was crushed after a manhole cover landed on it. (laughs) What a way to go. Just about, yeah. That's the the DC equivalent of a Herb Abrams-style death right there. Hookers and blow, baby. Hookers and blow. Except no hookers and plenty of manholes. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, uh, so next week, the Suicide Squad will be in theaters and on HBO Max. So that will be exciting. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Let's see. We, we, co- we covered Loki. We covered... Wipeout, covered Suicide Squad. We talked about Bill the Serial Killer. Talked about Bill the Serial Killer. No, you know what? Oh, hold up. We gotta talk about, okay. Now, we always talk about this in the taping sometimes, but we've been distracted a bit by Shacked and a Fool, but now that basketball season's over, we're back to our favorite thing to talk about during the uh, tapings, which is Sex sent me to the ER in Discovery Life. Yeah. It is the most... Now, do you want to describe for those who don't know what Sex sent me to the ER is? Well, much like A Thousand Ways to Die has illustrated the uh, many wild and also feasible ways one person could die, Sex sent me to the ER illustrates the wild and also feasible ways that an amorous relations can send somebody to the ER. It's literally there in the title. Sex sent me to the ER. And you have these crazy-ass reenactments. Yep. And the thing of it is, this is obviously staged. I mean, you have the actual people talking about it. And then you have these really bad actors wearing really bad wigs, talking <laughs> as if they are the actual people. Oh, yes. It's badly acted, and it's great. It's crazy. And you can watch every episode of this on Discovery Plus or Discovery Go right now. Oh, yeah. I wonder... Uh, eventually, when they mer- when they eventually merge Warner Media with Discovery, I'm guessing everything will fold together into HBO Max. I love that to be the case because honestly, I can't keep signing up for all of these streaming services. No, we can't. We have to consolidate some of these streaming apps. So yeah, if you put in Discovery Plus with HBO Max, that'd be fantastic. Oh my god, I just realized HBO Max rebooted Gossip Girl. Wait, what? They rebooted Gossip Girl. Oh yeah, they did. They did. Uh, Kiesel's been watching it and she's been enjoying it. That's just crazy to me because how old was the original Gossip Girl? Was that 15 years ago? Just about. And they've already rebooted it? They sort of took the idea of Gossip Girl 
and sort of turned it on its ears. Whereas the identity of Gossip Girl was always a mystery until the end. They go ahead and say, okay, you want to know who Gossip Girl is? It's all right there in the first episode. Okay, so they reveal who the Gossip Girl is. Yes. Okay. They reveal that Gossip Girl is actually a cadre of teachers who are sick and tired of being bullied. What? I kid you not. They're teachers who are sick of being bullied. Yes. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I've seen the first episode. Should it be Gossip Girls? And no, it, it's like it's like the Federalist was supposedly written by one guy, but it turns out it was three. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it'd be a better idea if they made it. They made the title of the new Gossip Girl Gossip Girls. If you pull an alien aliens type thing on this, see, calling it back. <laughs> oh, I'm looking. At, I'm going scrolling through HBO Max right now. I got. Um, oh, they, also, I didn't even know they have Who's Lines in anyway on HBO Max. Oh yeah, they have they have Who's Line on HBO Max. They have um, all of the uh, DC Universe shows, which means I watched the first two seasons of Titans and get ready for the third season. Well, that's right, because they did migrate all the DC Universe stuff to Max. Yep. Oh my! I did not even realize that they now have like Bob Costas is now back on HBO. I did not realize that. I didn't even know he left. Well, remember, he he left to go to MLB Network, and then remember they did that whole thing where they had tried to replace him with Joe Buck, and then Artie Lang hijacked the show, and it was like, I guess they did one other show with Joe Buck, and they were like, nah, let's not do this. Yeah. Because I forgot that Bob Cass is no longer an NBC so, yeah, I'm guessing he's still doing his MLB Network stuff, but he, they're allowing him to do this on HBO again. I'm not sure if it's HBO and they're replaying the episodes on Max, I guess. Or maybe it's Max exclusive. It says HBO original, so. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's on HBO, but they're also uh, streaming the episodes to uh, Max. So, okay, that's fine. Uh, And there's some HBO Max animated series. What the hell is this? Oh my god, this could be a future entry, okay? I think we found the little bush of the 2020s. What? Alright, here we go. Alright, Chico, do you want to describe what I showed you on the screen share? Uh, this looks like um, this looks like okay, the show is called The Prince. And it looks like uh, the royal family seen through the eyes of seven-year-old Prince George. And everybody looks incredibly exaggerated, except for Kate Middleton and uh, Meghan Markle, of course. Yeah. They highlight Prince Harry and his ridiculous beard, and they make fun of Prince William's caricature. Is He's bald. Get it? He's bald, but at the same time, he's too young and handsome to be bald. Too bad, you're bald. You're bald! (laughs) No, I'm not. I was bald. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
And all the while you're looking at Kate Middleton and thinking, what the hell does this lady see in this guy? Well, love is a crazy thing. Love for a royal is even crazier. <laughs> oh my god, this is... This is so ridiculous. I'm just looking at the screenshots. They're all on HBO Max and they're all 12 to 13 minutes long. This could be a future episode of the regular podcast. We'll see how long the joke lasts. Yeah, just like Little Bush. I guarantee you this joke will not play out for long. Oh god, Little Bush. I still have problems with that show. Hey, <sighs> remember in that episode when I said that Will Bush was the opposite of WandaVision? Yeah. I'd like to amend that and apologize for that. Because obviously I didn't know the finale of WandaVision was going to be such crap. I will say, at least with Little Bush, they gave us a satisfying finale. They gave us the episode where Dick Cheney had the heart attack. Have a heart attack. All right. So that's it. What do we got to say to close this episode out? Well, um, just to go through everything one more time, uh, all of season one of Loki is available on Disney+. Plus. Suicide Squad is in theaters and HBO Max this Friday. Also on HBO Max is every episode of The Prince. And uh, Karen Gillan can roundhouse kick me anytime. And probably, hopefully, maybe by the time this episode comes out, maybe we'll finally get a Spider-Man trailer. I'm waiting patiently for this. I've been waiting, like... You know the whole gif of Gloria Stewart and Titanic saying it's been 84 years? Yep. Yeah, that's how it feels like. Like, Sony, what are you doing? Just release a trailer for this movie. Like, I'm through asking. Like, I'm guessing you're maybe concerned about the COVID numbers rising, but just release a trailer. I'm getting tired of waiting for this. I mean, seriously. I just want to see something about this damn movie. I don't even, Wick, we still don't have an idea of what this movie's about. Well, all I can think of is multiple universes. How that works, I have no idea. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait for another podcast to maybe talk about that. Wink, wink. Wink, wink, not, 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 see what you did there? Yeah. All right. So, that's going to be doing it. Yeah, we'll do the Into the Spidey movie for us about Amazing Spider-Man 2 sometime this month. With, now that with every- Jamie Foxx. With Jamie Foxx, who's going to be in No Way Home. Now that all my stuff for the summer is done, we can finally get back to going for the rest of the Spider-Man movies until No Way Home in December, we hope. But yes. until then, that's Chico, I'm Greg, and we'll see you next time right here on Podbean. See you. Peace. Welcome. May I offer you a piece of cake? No! 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 No, thank you.